Today on the Back Row Fantasy Show, we discuss IDP camp battles to watch. Coming on now. The Back Row Fantasy Show is a proud part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker and Aaron Arms. Hey, welcome back to the Back Row Fantasy Show. It only feels like we uh, have not recorded in like 12 weeks right now. It does, doesn't it? It really, really does. But we're back. Uh, We are We're row, and we're going to do a fantasy show. We are. Okay. Ignore my voice. I am a little under the weather. So, I may cough a few times. I may sound raspy. I may say I'm Batman. I ignore your voice all the time. I think me saying Batman made the mic cut out. So, announcement, the Back Row Fantasy Show has officially and formally agreed to become a part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network, which is associated with the World Fantasy Football Championships. We're excited about that. We're joining Jim Day, other names like Bob Lung, Anthony Servino, of uh, the FF Faceoff. Somehow Frank Scanduro got in there. Frank Scanduro started a new pod that's recording its its uh, inaugural episode this evening, as a matter oh, of fact. Oh, yeah. Hey, good luck, Frank. Absolutely. I know you're not listening, but... Our boys Matthew Bruning and Dennis Bennett of the Fantasy Football Roundtable, also a member. Good stuff. Uh, but there, there is a lot of great pods on there, and we are very, very excited to be a part of that. So... There we go. This is the first Back Row Fantasy Show as a member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast. Look them up, uh, especially on Spreaker. You can find Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network on there, and it will have a link to all the shows that are a part of the network. I believe it's up to 13 shows right now, which means we got to do one thing and one thing only, Arms. What's that? Be the best show on said network. Okay. I'm, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but what? I'm, I'm going to try. You're kidding. Hey, it's going to happen. Th- there's some good There's some good pods on there, man. Well, yeah, but you have to have... You, you're a, you've always been a man of confidence. I thought you were going to say, you, you're, you've, uh, you've always been a Limp Biscuit fan. Now I'm the one. you got to have faith. Now I'm the one with the confidence that I can get all the nookie on this podcast network. <laughs> yeah, the nookie. What? So you can grab that cookie. And stick it up your... Yeah! Yeah. So, we're here. It's me. It's arms. No Neil. And Neil, Neil, Neil's job has officially kind of screwed him out of a lot of back row fantasy show time. So, here we go again. The originators of the podcast still with you at all times. But our rotating door at third host, life comes at you fast. Neil will be on again. I'm sure of that. But probably not as often. That being said, hurts like, my heart. it hurts both of our hearts. We love Neil. Neil's a great dude. But like I said in the opening of the episode, we're going to talk about some IDP camp battles. Many camps have already got underway. There's a lot of news rolling out already. Nothing major because it's 
June, and it's barely June. We'll get the big chunk of news late July from every team. But there are things happening. There are battles going on. But before we get into that. You go ahead. I, you I, go right ahead. I'm gonna, I just want to talk about a couple things. A few weeks ago, well, probably at this point a couple months ago, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, joined the Cleveland Browns. What? Is he going to join the Cleveland Browns? I mean, apparently, like, he's already trying, kind of pushing himself out of favor. The Browns haven't won the North yet. I've said it many times. It looks like they're building a great team. But, I mean, what's going on there? What is – why um, Why the absences? Why, trying to, why try to um, disenfranchise yourself with the team already? Like, I know, I know it's great. I do. But, you know, to miss any time learning a new system, new quarterback, new team, like, why? why? I don't understand the thought process of OBJ. I don't understand it at all. And, you know, does I, I can't be the only person to think, like, this is just seems like something that happens to only the Browns. Like, oh, yeah. you start building a, a nice very solid like a, a beautiful core really and then you know the centerpiece like nah no nah, i'm just gonna uh just gonna skip some things and you know just do my own thing for a while like i don't get it i don't get it happens i i, I hate i hate some of the things that the browns are already facing like now you've got a member of a rap group calling out baker for what he said about duke he didn't say anything out of the way he's just being a leader like you you either want to be here and be a part of this, Absolutely. or you don't. It is that freaking simple. Hats off to Baker. I'm sorry. It may sound like I am like the biggest Baker blower in the world. Sorry if that sounded vulgar, but listen, the, the team has needed a leader for a long time. They finally got one, and now people are wanting yeah, I, I Listen, I am very liberal. I am I, I hang quite a bit to the left. And I'm talking about politically. That doesn't mean I disagree with everything, this and that. But we really, everyone really has gotten far too damn sensitive. Oh, yeah. Come on. Chill out. This is a guy that claims to be a little leftist saying, quit. Quit whining about everything. Quit wanting participation ribbons. Quit being getting mad when somebody calls someone else out. Just come on. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as this. And, and like... I know Odell showed up, you know, but he could have very well called out Odell Beckham Jr. He could have called out anyone who decides they're not going to participate and be part of or kind of act like they don't want to be part of. Here's what I can say. Baker's got some some cojones on him. He's just ready to say, listen, we're trying to do something special. You want to be part of it? Be part of it. If you don't, we don't need you here. I've had that conversation as a leader at my job with employees. And that's all Baker's trying to do. Say, listen, you are either going to be committed 100% to what we're doing or we're going to find someone else who will. Yeah, or you're not. It's, and by the way, Duke, buddy, I got news for you. You're not one of the top three running backs on that team. No, but... Or but top two, anyway. Like, you are on the cusp to begin with. And, I, and I'm not even, like, calling out Duke Johnson. I mean, he wanted a trade. I don't blame him. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in front of you, I'd want to trade, too. Mm -hmm. But since it didn't happen... Now it's time to just get on the horse and ride. Going around nope, 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 oh, nope, no. nope, 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 nope. That breaks my breaking heart that Listen, you even sing that song. I, I, had never, I had never heard the song, and then I saw the guy that does the song, like, performing at a school, and those kids going nuts. I was like, oh, man, 
he seems like a good human being. I got to listen to the song now. The video was hilarious. It was. Is it whenever the horse beat the uh, the drag car? Yeah, the video the is hilarious, car. but uh, the song is god awful. Mm-hmm. It is so bad. But I don't like country, so you know. I what, do like country. We were uh, on our. We went to Kosai, which is the uh, psycho. Yeah, my kid calls it psycho, which is hilarious. But it's uh, I, the center of science and industry. It's uh, it's in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard of it. Um, it's, it's pretty entertaining. It's great for little kids and, you know, they have all kinds of activities they can do, all kinds of cool things they can see. Uh, had the unicorns and the mermaids and the mythological creatures up there this year. God, it, I love unicorns. <laughs> I, my kids have pictures with the unicorns now and mermaids. And oh, the, I've taken pictures of the unicorns too. They were very friendly. Let me, let me do selfies with them and everything. Well, this, this, okay. I did take some shrooms that day, but <laughs> I want to see these pictures. Oh, it, well, I'm <laughs> naked. So uh, never mind. Never mind. But no, I mean, it, we uh, on the way up there, that song came on, and I, I'm like, go to hit it. My wife's like, I've not heard this song. Oh, <sighs> oh. So we suffered through it. Like, it's, right, it listen, it's, it's not the worst thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard because I like any rap more than today's country, and I'm being serious. Any of it, I know you disagree, I disagree with but me. yeah, and that's fine. But I. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it definitely does did not require a whole lot of thought to get that song in the books. It's a lot better than most of the 2010s rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was a, oh well today it's it's better than half of today's rap. There, I can at least understand the words that are coming out of his mouth. Yeah, no, it, it was it's it's not a good song, but it's not the worst song I've ever heard. No. Now I, I also before we move on. Um, but you heard it here first, and you'll hear it here again. Browns haven't won anything yet, and until they gel, they need to freaking, you know, they need to kind of slowly slow down their expectations. You got to got to get that chemistry. Calm it down, Scotty. No, Scott. What in God's name is Adam Gase thinking? Oh, that guy's still in the league as well. That guy's nuts. So Adam Gase I, calls out the the prize offensive, you know, uh, acquisition this offseason. With with Le'Veon Bell, right? It's like ah, you know, we didn't. I think contracts outrageous. In which I guess everyone's over that, right? So what's he do this week? He calls out the prize defensive acquisition. Of course he does, and says he he disagrees with Mosley's contract. I, I like, really good, good lord, man. I I really think that this guy is genuinely, and I'm not basing this just off the the crazy crap that happened with his eyes. Adam Gase really does have an issue, I think. I, I mean, I think there really is something going on up top there. As he's aging, something's falling apart. Like, that dude's just not really with it. Either he has no filter or something's wrong. Like, if you look at the, the Jets roster, the three best players they have, Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, and C.J. Mosley. I mean, there may be some really solid defensive linemen in there, but like those are the three like your prized guys. When's he going to piss off Jamal Adams? Like that's Soon. that's what I'm waiting on. Soon. You know, like dude, you you're losing the locker room and you haven't even played a preseason game. I know. Like, soon he'll g- lose them. Soon. Give me a break. Like I'm telling you right now, it will not shock me if Gates is fired before the first preseason game for being such an idiot. I know. And listen. I know that the Dolphins don't look good on paper, but addition by subtraction, Absolutely. this team should be better just simply based off the fact that Adam Gase is gone. So, 
there you go. Last thing I want to mention before we kick off into our IDP goodness. Of course, I got to check my notes and make sure that's really the last thing I got to mention. But arms, I was curious. And listeners, I'm also curious. I, I am now officially hooked on the John Wick movies. I am hooked. The first one was fantastic. I just wanted to get this off my chest. The first one was great. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And then me and my oldest son sat down to watch. He's, he's 17. Chill out. Yes, we watched John Wick. Two. One and two, actually. My wife watched one. She didn't get to watch two. I digress. John Wick 2, I sit down to watch that, expecting disappointment, because how could they top one? And I was blown away. John Wick 2 was better than the first one, with better action scenes, a better plot. I am so pumped to see the third one. Have you, Arms, watched the John Wick movies? So far, yes. Okay. I've watched them. They're, they're pretty good, and it's amazing to me that... Because you're old enough, and I'm old enough to remember when Keanu Reeves was just like a complete joke to everybody. Like, everybody thought he was just nothing. And then The Matrix happened, John Wick happens, and everyone's like, oh, man, he's, listen, he's a generational actor. I mean, nah, after after Bill and Ted? Listen, listen he and Speed. Mm -hmm. l l here's the thing. He's not a great actor. I I'm not even propping he's him got great up to roles. be so. He chooses the right roles now. Like, he only has one style. Keanu yeah. Reeves doesn't have many styles. It's kind of... He doesn't even talk a lot in his movies. No. Maybe like, that's no, what it is. Exactly. Nicolas Cage tries to have a bunch of styles, but it don't work. Like, you, we all know Nicolas Cage has one style. It's the rock and con air. That's what Nicolas Cage is good at, face off even. I'm pretty sure he played the same character in all of this. He did. And Keanu Reeves is doing the same thing. I mean, John Wick has a Matrix-y feel to it as far as, like... How big not, of a badass he is. Yeah. yeah. In the Matrix, not just that, but in the Matrix, like... He didn't have to talk much because they were fighting and everything was futuristic and everything was like this underground group. Guess what? John Wick, underground group, a lot of fighting, doesn't need to say a lot of words, and it just works. And you love him. Like, what's that What's that uh, movie he did with like Sandra Bullock or something where they keep looking in the mailbox like, don't do those anymore, John Wick. You're not even Keanu Reeves anymore. I have no idea is, what you're talking about. Your name is John Wick. Like they, like I think he died or something, and like I don't know. Was, you've no. got mail, maybe I don't. No, know. I don't think that's it. I don't remember. Sleepless don't, in Seattle? No, that's not it. No, I'm gonna have. It to, doesn't matter. It, does, it doesn't matter. Let's move on I, now. Actually, before we get even further, so it looks like Tyreek uh, Hill's going to be available for training camp. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. Whenever we were concerned about whether McCall Hard, uh, Hardman had value, the lake house, that's the movie. Keep going. So, um, looking like Hardman is about to bottom out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Miko Hardman's not going to suddenly slide into relevance if Tyree kills still there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just not going to happen. hundred percent. I mean, similar, uh, skill set as far as that goes, which as I said before, one Tyreek Hill in the league. There's only one guy who does what he does. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a push to even make the argument that Hardman was going to be able to do that. But, my gosh, Hill's coming back. If nothing happens, nothing happens. It's, it's not of my concern. But uh, I'm pro I'm still going to veer away from Tyreek Hill, to be honest with you. All, yeah. all formats. I, I am as well. Just if, if he's a gift, like if he fell and I'm actually at my wide receiver three, yeah, sure. You're taking flyers at that point anyway, usually. 
Yeah, indeed. And, and it's just risky. It's the same as owning anyone that is constantly in trouble or constantly a problem. Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryant. It's just risky. And I, and I don't like risk in fantasy unless it's uh, mid to late round risk on a player that's not that good yet. I don't I don't want to take a risk on a, a bad boy. Yeah. No, thanks. Don't know where that came from. But anyways, here we go. IDP camp battles to watch. This is for all you IDP folks out there because this is what we love as well. But we wanted to talk about not getting too, too deep into things yet because, again, it's still June, but we do want to talk about some of the battles that are going on and what they could mean. Like, what guys do you want to keep an eye out on over the next two months on defense so you can either trade for or add to your team that could pay massive dividends. The first one I want to get to, to me, I won't go as far to say as it, it could be the biggest dividend, but th- this is a used to be name that fell off a cliff that all of a sudden could be relevant again. And it's Jamie Collins who was in Cleveland by way of a trade with the Patriots Three weeks ago, Jamie Collins signs as an undraft or not undrafted, signs as a free agent back with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And the news is he's going to be very vital in their offense. And when you defense. look at that linebacker <clears throat> defense, I'm sorry, when you look at that linebacking core, there's not much in his way. If Jamie Collins is healthy and was more acclimated and more suited for that Patriots defense than he was Cleveland's. This could be a very good pickup for you if you are needing a linebacker, whether it's a three or just a bye week guy. Jamie Collins, probably a pretty good grab and watch right now if you got the roster space. My opinion on Collins is I'm not – A, he's smart enough to, to get the system. He succeeded there before, but he wasn't great. He's never been great. I mean, the guy's primarily going to try to you know get to the quarterback – I just I don't know if he cracks the starting lineup. Like that's the that's the downside for it. If I'm going to take a chance on Collins, I think he does. if I'm well, where I'm going with this, if I'm taking a chance on Collins, it's for the minimum bid of uh, minimum waiver claim, minimum free agent bid because I'm not putting a lot of uh, faith in this guy. You know, he, he's getting up there in age as well. Like I'm not putting a lot of faith in him to come in make a major impact. Uh, Typically, the Patriots' defense is a is a swarm type defense. Anyway, there's not a star usually on that defense. It's just as a whole, they're successful. I don't see it being any different. Adding Jamie Collins back, he's just going to be he's going to be another guy, another cog in the in the machine that is the Patriots. I, his fantasy value to me is close to nothing. But but as a, a dynasty owner, with what essentially in our leagues is 50 spots to like stash and see and make cuts. Like you don't want to grab him if you're linebacker poor with the possibility that he wins. If he wins a starting job, if I'm linebacker poor, I'm uh, throwing dollars at everybody. Exactly. That that's what we're here for. That's what we're telling you. Keep an eye on Jamie Collins. It might be worth a couple bucks to see if you can get a starting linebacker out of him. Best case scenario Worst case scenario, if he gets a starting job, a bye week guy. Just, just remember, I really like Nick Kwiatkowski at one point. So, like, just taking, just do you not thir- like him now? Throwing against the wall, opportunity. Right, but if he, I mean, eventually he's going to be a free agent. Then, yeah. you know, if you got Nick Kwiatkowski and he goes to a team like the Patriots, you're going to love him all over again. Oh, as a middle linebacker, yeah, heck yeah, well, Shane Falco, 
Thank you, Chris Foster, writer for the Back Row Fantasy Show. Shane Falco, another one of Keanu Reeves' best roles. He actually did very well in that one. So I guess he's not completely one-dimensional. I guess he can but he's do. Kind, but he's kind of the brooding, you know, sports. The brooding sports, like a washed-up athlete. Still, I, I, I enjoyed him in that movie, yeah. and not just because of the story and everything. I thought he did a good job being Shane Falco. There's not a lot of great football-based movies too, though. So his name should just be. He should ch- legally change his name to Falco Wick. I like that. I like I it like too. That. Neo, Falco Neo Wick. Falco, I didn't really like the Matrix movies, to be honest. Well, it's because you're a terrible person. Okay. Moving on. Uh, the Another linebacker one for me. The Jets at outside linebacker. They drafted a guy named Joe Chai Polite. Is it, or is it Polite? Polite. And they, they have an opening. There's no set in stone outside linebackers for sure. Uh, in New York, in my opinion, you've got Brandon Copeland. You've got Jordan Jenkins. Granted, the middle, Mosley and William Avers, uh, William, Avery, Avery, Avery Williamson, Williamson, that's taken. But on the outside, the name Brandon Copeland, the name Jordan Jenkins, not worrying about that. And if I'm a third-round pick out of Florida, as Jachai Polite was, I think he's somebody you got to keep an eye on just to see if he wins that starting outside linebacker job. We don't love outside so- linebackers in fantasy, but... We're trying to help you with some names to keep an eye on. If you didn't do well in the draft or in off-season trades, and you weren't able to add anybody, well, see, polite, 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 whatever his name is, he actually had a lot of like potentially first-round hype. You know, there. This is one that I will keep an eye on. Now, the downside, as a pass rush specialist, they typically, you know, depending on your league format don't nearly carry the the amount of value that they would. He has two absolute tackle absorbing machines on his team. I mean, tackling fuel. Yeah, you've got CJ Mosley which is year in year out top 3, right? Yes. And then you've got Williamson I believe last year finished top 10, maybe even top 5. Williamson was a stud last year as well. So if unless it awards uh, a lot of points for sacks, I'm I'm I'll, I'll take a crack at him but if your values in sacks, there's where you go for him. It, it tackles, I just don't think it's going to be there. But no, no, I, w- I, I will grab and stash him. I, I don't have. I have more faith in him than Jamie Collins. As do I. And I'm looking at him as kind of like a. Uh, and I'm not saying he's as good as this guy, but if if you're willing to keep Bradley Chubb on your team as an outside linebacker, Jachai Polite should be a guy that's on your radar. And yeah, you might have to cut him at the at the second or last cut date, but still I, worth I was, a grab, worth a watch. I thought you were going to say he's going to put up Bradley Chubb number such as I didn't take a drink of my beer yet. No, I, no, I no, going, no. I knew I was going to have to spit it out. You know, I, I didn't want to do that. No, absolutely not. I'm I'm not. I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. I'm not redneck crazy. You remember that song? No. What? No, Tyler know. Farr or something like that. That's for some reason I remember that one. Throwing bottle, empty bottles at your bedroom window oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah, I knew you'd know it. That's how people get arrested. But anyhow, absolutely. Uh, next one, Washington Redskins. Uh, something I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm not excited about it, but the free safety position currently on our lads' depth charts. You got DeShazer Everett, and that is a name 
I have never heard. Well, an, because he's been in the league for four years and never done anything. Right. Could have something to do with it. Could. But a name I do know is Troy Apke, who tore up the combine last year out of Penn State. Uh, he's next on the depth chart. I think all he has to do is has a, has a, has a solid camp, is have a solid camp. And I think Troy Apke could put that speed to work in Washington. And th- this is a guy that just needed a little more seasoning, as our old dude Niddle would have said. Like a good steak. Like a good steak. Needed a little more seasoning. And maybe Troy Apke gets that this year and, and is able to take the next step, take a starting job beside Landon Collins. You know that's going to pay dividends. Yep. Whoever's beside Landon Collins, you can safely have as at least a backup on your team with the potential for more. So my thought on on that on Apke, a I think he is going to be better. I think he will uh, end up with that starting job in camp, no doubt in my mind. But I think overall we're looking at a better Washington team. I, we're looking at a Washington team that's going to you know have a more efficient off, offense. Going to offense is going to score some points, requiring the other quarterbacks in the league. Which let's just look at his division. Okay, not a lot of studs. Right, you know, you got Carson Wentz and then what, Eli Manning or Daniel Jones and Dak. There's there's some interceptions to be thrown there. Is all I'm saying. You know, you've got four games worth of uh, worth of questionable balls being put in the air, and combined the fact that they're going to be able to score with the opportunity to get those tackles. You know, on on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Love me some Apke. Give me Apke as I'm not ready to crown him as a, a number three. Yeah, a DB number three. No, but I'm absolutely ecstatic if I can get him as my DB four, DB five. I'm not ecstatic. And, and, I mean, I think he's on waivers in ninety percent of leagues. No, I, I just I like him as a, a grab and watch. Odds are, know. last year your DB three probably doesn't have a starting job this year. That's that's possibly true because most people neglect defense so bad. Yeah. Okay, I, I can get. I'm picking up what you're putting down with that analogy. So, sure. Moving on, we're both going to be excited about this one. Baltimore, uh, another camp battle to keep an eye on. We don't really know for sure who the middle linebacker is going to be that replaces CJ Mosley. Tell you who it's not going to be. A lot of people it's like CJ Mosley anymore. No, it's not CJ Mosley, but a lot, a lot of people like uh, Awanasaur the Dinosaur. Wanna saw the dinosaur. A lot of people actually like him. If you actually go to YouTube, there is some really massive highlight videos of that guy. Of apparently a, a big, huge fan of him saying the future of the middle linebacker spot in Baltimore. And, I, and I'm not like I don't mean to laugh at that as to say it's definitely not happening. But I think that this battle is going to be won by Kenny Young. I think he played okay as a rookie in relief of C.J. Mosley the first few games while he was out. But it is still a battle to watch, and the reason it's a battle is this team signed Shay Shay Shane Ray. I can't talk. See what being sick does to me. This team signs Shane Ray off the street, already projected as the starter on the weak side. That means their defense is very much unsettled. I think a Wunasaur could win that job from Shane Ray, but Kenny Young, I don't think, is going anywhere in the middle. And if you don't already have him on your team and there's, you can get him cheaply or better yet for a handful of dollars or free, I think Kenny Young is a guy you absolutely have to grab and stash right now. I'm not excited about either one of these guys. Like the thought I am pro- about Young. <laughs> the thought process for everybody whenever you know they let a free agent walk 
is the next guy up's going to be put up comparable numbers. And I feel like whoever says, you know, because, all right, we had this with when Ray Lewis went to C.J. Mosley, and then now I've got C.J. Mosley moving on. You're going to be severely disappointed in the linebacker production that you get out of the middle linebacker in Baltimore. Uh, the, the point production is not going to be what it used to be. I mean, the, the offense is still very questionable. You know, there's going to be a lot of time. The, the, what's the defensive backs? I mean, the defensive backs aren't exactly studs. I mean, yeah, Tony Jefferson, he, he's productive. Earl Thomas, what's he, what is he after injury? We don't know. So, I mean, is there a lot of opportunity for other teams to pass? Hell, is there a lot of opportunities for other teams to run? You know, I, I, I'm not terribly – I don't think this is a good defense anymore. No, I, I agree with you there. I, I wouldn't say it's a great defense. I mean, I think it's the Ravens. I think they'll coach them up. It'll be decent. But I do. I, don't think I, it's great. I, I think they'll overperform. Right. But I don't think that. I think we've finally got away from. I think they're still searching for their their middle linebacker of the future. I think that in the next year or two, they're going to address it in the first or second round of the draft. Um, you're going to be disappointed with what, whether it's. Uh, on on Wallace, on Wallace or whatever the hell his name is, or Kenny Young, if if that is your linebacker too, try to trade him because right now either one of their values is is probably at the peak. I disagree with that a hundred percent. I don't think either one of them's values are anywhere near worth trading away. I don't think it, I don't think anybody's going to give you much for. I'd them. want both of them right now if I had one of them to watch. Yeah, because it, I are you saying you like to watch? Yes, I like to watch. I. I I'm concerned. I'm just overall concerned about what the Ravens defense as a whole is going to be going forward. Fair enough. I do like Young. I, I, I'm actually pretty excited about adding him as my linebacker four, hoping that he can produce to be my three. So, I say they uh, they try to bring Earl Thomas up for <laughs> run defense more than uh, more than you've seen in recent history. That wouldn't be a bad decision by any means. Moving on. Something I know that's dear to your heart, even though the team is not. And I'm going to let you take it away from the get-go. Linebackers and Cincy, have at it. Well, there's a lot of... First off, you've got Preston Brown as your established guy, right? You've got some youth. You've got a, a ton of youth around. With You've got Jordan Evans. You've got Nikki... Or Nikki. Damn it, you're sick and it's affecting me. Hardy Nickerson Jr. And then one of my favorite guys in last year's draft class, Malik Jefferson. Don't count him out to earn one of the starting linebacker spots. I personally think that Malik Jefferson is going to end up in in the front, you know, the top three linebackers, whether it's at the uh, the excuse me the weak side or whether he's going to be a middle linebacker. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he could very well push Preston Brown out. He, Preston Brown is he looked like a shell of himself last year. I mean, if you put a bullet or a gun to my head, I'm going to say it'd be Nick Vigil, Preston Brown, and Malik Jefferson. And those will be your three, right? Right. I mean, I think Evans is fine, but I still think Jefferson has the ability to to show up. From uh, what I've heard, he's looked good in camp. Uh, could very well even be the person that pushes Preston Brown out. I don't know. But what I'm going to say is Jefferson is my grab and stash guy. I'm, I still refuse to get rid of Preston Brown in any league that I've got him in because like, he's a year removed from being top 10. So Why? But you know anyone else on that uh, in that linebacking core? I don't believe in Harden Nixon Jr. Uh, he wasn't great whenever he did have opportunity. He had moments that he was decent, but he was never impressive. It's not like he stepped in and was like, "All right, 15 ta- tackles a game." He wasn't even getting 10 tackles a game. You know, I, I I'm veering entirely away from uh, Nixon Jr. But 
I love me some Malik Jefferson. I still still have a lot of respect and uh, want for Preston Brown. Uh, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite end of that. Like, I, I think Nick Vigil will put up okay numbers because they don't have a lot of options. I don't love him though. Uh, I do actually like Jermaine Pratt to to get some extended playing time. Maybe find fantasy relevance halfway through the season. Uh, but I, but I do think that if Hardy Nickerson shows well enough in camp. I think he could win one of those three jobs. I think he's capable of playing any of the three, three. spots. He's very athletic. Yeah, very athletic. So I do like Hardy Nickerson, honestly, the most out of every linebacker there. I thought he showed well in limited time last season, and I think you really need to keep an eye on this one because I think he could be that guy in Cincinnati. And I'm kind of with you. Malik Jefferson, hell of an athlete. I think he's worth keeping an eye on as well. I actually like looking at the current – backups on the depth chart more than I like the starters for Cincinnati that are projected starters. Give me the backups on my team to watch because I think one or two of them could seize jobs. And you should st- you could still get any of the three backups, which is Pratt, Nickerson, and uh, Jefferson for next to nothing. I mean, those, one of those guys, if you had three fantasy football dollars or whatever your, you know, three uh, low-level waiver claims – you you could get all the all three of these guys on your team and end up with someone who could be very fantasy productive. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. I uh, preached on Malik Jefferson during last year's offseason as I think my two or three linebacker. You know, which I had Roquan at one. You know, obviously I loved uh, Darius Leonard, but I didn't have him as one. You know, I I, I loved uh, LVE, didn't have him as one. You know, I had uh, I think I had Malik as my two or three. So. Uh, De- he very very high on Malik Jefferson. Definitely wasn't that high on, on my rankings, but I did like him. I did pick him up uh, for a few football dollars in every league after the draft. So I, I do want to clarify a lot of the reason behind that was where he went. Understandable. Any more on the Cincy linebackers? Are you ready to move? Carry on. Carry on. Just like a running back in Detroit. I knew that was coming. What about wayward son? Carry on like your wayward son. Carry on my way. Sorry. Ooh. Leave the singing to me, okay? I will. All right. So the next one that I've got on the docket for us to talk about is the Houston Texans gaping hole, in my opinion, at, uh, I believe, the strong safety spot. Is it the strong or the or the free safety spot? It's strong. Okay. Strong. Jaleel Adai. They've got Justin Reed at free safety. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, happy they're, with they're Justin set. Reed. They're set there. But again... We've got the opposite side. Justin Reed's going to be a stud. He shouldn't be on any waivers. He shouldn't be easy to attain. But Jaleel Adai or Tashawn Gibson could be. And I think that you could see fantasy relevance out of one of those two, whoever wins that job. My money personally is on Jaleel Adai. Hands down, Jaleel Adai. Jaleel Adai has actually put up some a nice year before. And Gibson, I... I it's just a guy you always wanted to succeed. It's like this is his year, this is his year, and it's never been his year. Give me a die. I think a die does win the strong safety spot. Um, and I, personally, as good as Reed showed up last year, I mean, I, I'm loving the the prospect of a, a die actually having a pretty decent fantasy production year. He's not going to be a, a you know a top ten, top fifteen, but he could very well you know be a very solid top in three, back in two. I agree with that. And I like Jalil Dye. Every time he's been on the field, he does produce. He may not be, you know, one of the best safeties in the league. He may be producing solely off the fact that the ball's coming his way a lot or that he's coming up in run coverage a lot because that's what he's good at. 
But still, you got to go with the production. It doesn't matter if they're one of the tops in the league or not. You see this at the defensive back position in IDP every single season. Not everybody that finishes as a top 10 or 15 DB is that good. So you've got to be able to pick out those opportunities and situations. And Jalil dies in one of those situations that could pay dividends for your team. I'm going to say that a lot this episode. Pay dividends for your team. Next, we're actually going to talk defensive end a little bit. Is this for the first time, I believe? So far, yes. Indianapolis, a rookie named Ben Benagu versus Tyquan Lewis and Jabal Sheard. Two out of the three are going to be starting, but I'm not sold on Jabal Sheard. He hasn't been that great in a while. Tyquan Lewis hasn't earned a job at all yet. Pretty high drafted rookie out of Ohio Maybe University. Second rounder. Yeah. Ohio State University. But he didn't do much last year. It's kind of like a, you know, he's the starter by default, but Ben Benagu or Benagu, however you want to pronounce it, could easily seize one of those starting spots. And for that reason, I think you have to watch him and Tyquan Lewis. We know what Jabal Sheard is. There's no reason to reach for him. Even if he has a top 50 finish, go for the higher upside of Tyquan Lewis or Benagu and hope for the best. Somebody has to lead that team in sacks from the edge. Not saying lead them in sacks altogether. One of those edge guys got to at least get seven or eight sacks. So. I was going to say, they do have Justin Houston. so <laughs> They they do, but I yeah. mean, he's still going to be playing outside oh, linebacker, yeah. so he'll lead them in sacks. But then who who's the defensive end to own in Indy? If there is one, I, I'm going to go with Benagu. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Tyquan Lewis. I, Tyquan, hell of an athlete. Last year, they just the defense, you didn't know what it was, but look at it this year. It is shaping up. Like, Marcus Hunt came on strong last year, right? They they got Danico Autry out of Oakland, or from Oakland. So, you know, all of a sudden, your defensive tackles are they're really solid. Right. You know, you have you only had last year basically Darius Leonard, linebacker. But then we, we had Justin Houston to the linebacking fold. Every, your, top, your front seven now all have to be accounted for. Give me Tyquan Lewis in a lot of one-on-one situations. <clears throat> You know, some elite athleticism to get to the quarterback. I, I think uh, Taekwon Lewis is going to have a hell of a year this year. A hell of a year, you mm-hmm. say? Okay. I'm going with Benagu. I don't think any of them have a hell of a year, but... Now, we're not talking approaching a Bosa, you know, or what, but... I sure hope you're not projecting that. No, no, no. I just... It, easily. Taekwon Lewis is easily going to be a defensive lineman number two. What? Yeah. That's bold. That's brisk, baby. I'll pound the table for my guy. My God, sounds like you want to pound him on the table. Uh, whatever. Love right. Loving Tyquan Lewis. Next, next, next up. This one invokes zero excitement, but if Telvin Smith actually does walk away from the game in Jacksonville, somebody has to replace him. That somebody is either Jake Ryan or Rameek Wilson, in my opinion. And I think it's Rameek Wilson. I, I don't, or Ramick, if you want to call him Ramick, Ramrod, Team Ramrod, Ramick Wilson, has played well when given the opportunity, but no one's given, given him the opportunity except for a little bit with the Rams. I actually think he could be pretty decent. And the way that defense plays, somebody playing the spot that Telvin's in is going to put up at least linebacker five numbers so backup numbers in my opinion so so hold, hold on a second hold on i know they've got allen projected to the strong right josh allen 
Yeah. But Josh Allen actually has the ability to cover the pass as well. He does. There's not an, there's really, in, as far as a, a Russian linebacker, there's not a, a big hole in his game. No. You want to talk about production? Give me, you know, you got Miles Jack and Josh Allen. I think both of them can be very productive in this defense. I don't even care who the other linebacker is. I mean, when we're talking, okay, camp battle, fine. Get between Ryan and whoever the hell else is out there. All day, every day, Josh Allen is the number two linebacker to have on this team. And I think Josh Allen's going to have a top 20 finish in this year's fantasy production. He's going to get plenty of sacks. I mean, he proved that in the SEC. I think 17 and a half sacks last year. The guy didn't miss a game at Kentucky. Not one single game. It's a good defense with a good line and good corners. The production's going to be there for all three linebackers like it has for the past few years. I'm just saying, whoever slots in in Telvin Smith's spot could be in line for a top 30 fantasy season. Josh Allen will be the replacement and provide the spark that they lost last year as Telvin Smith started to lose interest in the game. He's going to be the spark that they need to bring that Jacksonville defense back to something formidable. I think Allen is is your other guy. I really, honestly, the third linebacker on that team, it, to me, they don't matter. Well, luckily, neither of those names, like I said, invoke too much excitement from me. So I'm going to move on and also remind everyone that one of Arms' favorite guys, Ronnie Harrison, is dang near a lock to start, and that has to be paid attention to as well. If you can find a safety that graduated or was drafted out of Alabama, they're probably going to be good. You know, Ronnie Harrison would have been a top-flight pedigree, but he had a guy named Minka Fitzpatrick on his team. Like, you, Minka showed because he was great at the college level. Ronnie's going to be a really solid pro, though. We've seen this time and time before to where not just one, but two of the uh, Alabama defensive backs their safeties are solid guys and ronnie harrison's going to have he's going he, he's going to have a really good year i i tend to agree with you i think he's going to be good it's just a little seasoning a little bit of seasoning and he's probably going to be really good saw this before with eddie jackson god i love eddie jackson you know i picked he, he's him. not the athlete eddie jackson is i do want to clarify like i let me let me preface this i'm in this particular league that is solid it's not great it's solid. We're talking 10 out of 16 owners, solid. I got Eddie Jackson off waivers. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if like people forgot about him. Someone dropped him and it got overlooked. I don't know what happened, but I picked him up off waivers for a couple bucks. He had been sitting there forever, so I knew I could win him for a couple bucks. Stoked about that one. Eddie Jackson one of the is part of the future in this league at the position. Moving on. Ronnie Harrison, top 15 year. No doubt about it. Top 15 year. I have doubts. but Tons and tons and tons of tackles. Tons of them. He's going to be a stud. I, I, I'm not going to go that I, far. Absolutely. I, just make up a name and put Alabama safety after him. I'll, I'll take him. A little too much in, confidence in Alabama. It's not Alabama. It's just the fact that every damn safety that's a stud goes through Alabama, apparently. Tennessee linebackers they signed cameron wake who could literally fall right off a cliff wesley woodyard not that young anymore still productive not knocking him jayon brown kind of a surprise last year as a uh, fifth round rookie in 2017 i believe yep. and then they have a uh, cast off from baltimore playing the right 
Rashawn Evans sitting there behind those guys, speaking of Alabama guys, not to mention a couple rookies from this year's class that were drafted in the fifth and sixth, and DeAndre Walker and David Long Jr., worth keeping an eye on. There's a lot of people getting long in the tooth in Tennessee, especially at the linebacker position. I think it's worth keeping an eye on there, and I'm going to go ahead and say real quickly, I've said it before, but Kenny Vaccaro has some competition, in my opinion, in Imani Hooker, one of my favorite safeties that came out of this draft this season. I think you got to watch that battle as well. may not even be considered a battle yet in, in most pundits' eyes, but it is in mine, and I think Imani Hooker could be a perfect one-two punch with Kevin Byard. I think Imani Hooker is going to be a, a really solid put-him-on-your-taxi-squad, wait-and-see kind of guy. Because uh, if he doesn't win it by, at the beginning of the season, he's going to work his way into the lineup. Um, as far as the inside linebackers, I mean, the, other, I mean, Jayon Brown's okay. You know, he's not great. He's okay. Had a good season last year. He's okay. Uh, Rashawn Evans, you know, if I'm not mistaken, had had an injury to begin the season. Never really yeah, took hold to be an absolute stud. But I actually think he moves to the uh, the left inside linebacker spot alongside Jayon Brown. I think both of them can be productive. Neither one of them is going to be top 10, but both of them can have, you know, linebacker two value possibly might be high in linebacker three. Both of them can have uh, low in linebacker two value. All right. Moving on, Atlanta. And I'll stay away from their outsides. Gotcha. Atlanta, uh, I think there's a brewing battle there at the safety position opposite uh, Keanu Neal. <laughs> Speaking of Keanu's opposite. John Wick Jr., Keanu Neal, sorry. Ricardo Allen or DeMonte Kazee? DeMonte Kazee played fairly well in relief of Keanu Neal. And I Ricardo Allen is solid, but DeMonte Kazee has more upside, in my opinion. That's a battle I'm going to pay attention to as well. Give me all the uh, Kazee in this one. I, I liked what Kazee did last year. You want to play the Kazee? I would love to play the Kazee. But, no, I liked what Kazee did last year. You know, given an opportunity, it wasn't great, but he was good. Like, that, for what he's done, it should have been enough to go ahead and give him the other uh, safety position. So far, it wasn't. Maybe they're saying, hey, look, you're a young guy. Earn it. But he's going to. There's no doubt in my mind he, he's going to work his way into it. You know, he's got youth on his side. He's got, you know, athleticism on his side. And Ricardo Allen is, is okay. He's not great. You know, he doesn't have a monster ahead of him to try to, you know, overthrow. It's not like he's, uh, you know, dethroning a stud. He's dethroning an okay safety. So give me the Kazee. Took the words right out of my mouth, brother. Kazee for me as well. Definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Next, back to the defensive ends. Carolina, the Panthers, pretty much got depleted at the position Now you're left with the projected starters of Bruce Irvin, who we know hasn't really ever put together a whole lot, or Brian Burns. Which one of those guys should we maybe stash or watch and hope? It's Brian Burns for me. It's only Brian Burns. As long as he plays defensive end, which I think he has to. I believe they're they've got him projected at defensive end and finally he they, was they have linebacker for a minute. They've got to find it, Bruce Irvin is not a great pass rusher. He's more of a locker room guy. I mean, to be honest with you, if if it wasn't for his experience in the league, his experience at winning, Bruce Irvin wouldn't even be a starter on this team. 
No, he wouldn't. No, honestly, it's, he's a locker room guy, and you're giving him a leadership role. That's what they want out of Bruce Irvin. Brian Burns, is going to, he's going to tee off, and he's, he's going to have a fine year. He's not going to be a top-five guy. But just like Talia, Dalia, defensive end, is, it, landscape is atrocious. Brian Burns could very well finish, you know, just outside the top ten. Uh, I'm going to say outside the top 20. By a nose, but wouldn't be surprised if he finishes outside the top ten. I think I like Brian Burns a little more than most, to be honest. I I, I think he's going to be a solid defensive end. And keeping it with the defensive ends, are you ready to get excited, Arms? I'm always excited. I'm going to talk about somebody <laughs> that you literally loved. For some reason, you've always been in love with Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive ends. Don't know why. Fresh out of college. Don't know why. Noah Spence versus the world, Arms. It- Oh, always Noah Spence. Noah Spence think, versus the world. I think uh, a career to date he has zero sex. Anyhow. He may, but he also has... Me on his side. Big opportunity and arms on his side. Jason Pierre-Paul probably going to be out. You got Vita Vey and, and Dominican Sue in the middle. That's great. Oh, yeah. Those guys are going to free up sacks for someone. Is it? Is it going to be... Noah Spence? Is it going to be Carl Nassib? Nassib? Which, which I mean... Cry me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, There's the, no one else. The fact of the matter, William Noah Spence has been in the league for three years, I believe, and <clears throat> has yet to do anything. I'm not excited about <laughs> either one of them. I mean, if, if I had to take a pick, sadly, it's going to be Carl Nassib. And, I mean, he's at least been okay before. Noah Spence hasn't. No Spence has never been okay. As much as I wanted him to be, like whether it's off field issues or whether it's you know health, there's always something going on with him. Give me Carl Nassib, and I'm not happy to have him as my defensive end number two. I can tell you that much. They do have a fourth round rookie named Anthony Nelson. Who knows? Maybe he maybe he wins the spot. But I, I was excited yeah, to bring up per- Noah Spence for you. Perhaps I mean it, the, I couldn't tell you who's going to be on the outside there, but. I mean, is it William Golston? And are you ecstatic about it? No. No, not at all. No, no, and no. I mean, I, I think that this defense, is this front, the tackles are studs. They're absolute animals. I really like the linebackers. I do, too. The, hell, their defensive backs are solid. Eh, safety was a position that I'm watching out of Buck's camp. I like Justin Evans. Um, and, but, I, and I like Whitehead. We've had this convo Yeah, before. we have, we have. But... The defensive ends, I I mean, you want to ask me who's going to get sacks? His name is Shaquille Barrett. <laughs> like that's who's going to get sacks on this team. Maybe they should just put him at defensive end. And get it over with. Fix it. Okay. Broncos also have a uh, bit of a battle at the safety position. Sua Cravens and William Parks fighting for one job. Currently, looking across depth charts, William Parks is slotted to play. Don't know about that. I, I, Sua Cravens was a pretty solid prospect coming out. Has had his fair share of problems. Was out of the league for a year or two. Now he's back. He's been back. He was back last season. Didn't get a lot of opportunity. Does he get the opportunity this time around? Does he become a key player across from Justin Simmons for the Broncos? No. No, Cravens doesn't. Even if he wins a starting job. It's something that there's always going to be a question mark around it. I mean, I believe him and Parks are the same age or right around the same age. 
to me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, neither one of them are going to be fantasy productive for your team. And I mean, I, I I'll veer away from either one of them. I don't think this is a camp or a relevant camp battle for IDP. All right, I, I actually do kind of like Sue Cravens. I'm probably not going to pick him up and and watch and like. I can probably fill out my off-season roster without putting Sua Cravens on, but I'm going to watch the news. I'm going to see if, for some reason... Give me Schmarco Thomas. They say he comes back uh, with a vengeance this season. Maybe there's good news out of camp. Who knows? The Chiefs, moving on to the Chiefs. Battles everywhere. Linebacker, safety. Let's let's touch on some Chiefs. Woo-ha-ha. So, which linebacker uh, are we discussing? Because are you thinking Lee versus Hitch? No, no. I think Hitchens. I think Hitchens is, is say, he's, locked in. He's locked in. In my he's opinion, he's locked in. I'm talking Reggie Raglan, uh, Deron Lee, Jeremiah Tochu, which was you know a guy that that slid over from the Jets by way of the Chargers, kind of a decent name at one time. But there's just not outside of Hitchens. There's no one that I would even think about employing unless it's Deron Lee, who's not projected to start yet. He's got to, right? He has to win a starting job in Kansas City. You would think? I mean, why even give up anything for him if you're not going to try to work him in? I mean, the thing about Lee, stupid, stupid good athlete, but, I mean, where does he fill in? I mean, that, that's the question with Deron Lee. Where are you putting him? He's, by, by trade, he's a middle linebacker. Yeah, that's the reason we we're he's on the watch list. I mean, he's he's got to do something. But you know, at the end of the day, like you, they haven't they haven't moved him there at this point to replace Reggie Raglan. No, and Reggie Raglan has been what basically nothing. Basically, you know, there's been I mean, what didn't he start off with like San Fran or something like that, or am I thinking of somebody else? Raglan was. He, long story short, been a Buff, did, Buffalo. Okay, yeah. So he started off elsewhere, comes there. They expect something out of him. They get next to nothing. Hitchens had a fine year last year. Not great, but he was okay. I mean, if if it's me, I'm going to give Lee the shot based purely upon athleticism and the overall disappointment. Brett Ragland had 48 tackles last year, and if I'm not mistaken, he's played all 16 games. I mean, that is, that is pathetic. One thing, you, you can – basically hang your hat on Alabama safeties, you're probably, more often than not, going to be disappointed with the Alabama linebackers. Unless their name's CJ. Safety, also uh, in Kansas City, you got the Honey Badger on one side. That's pretty much a lock. But then you got Jordan Lucas slated to start opposite him, and you've got the second-round rookie Juan Thornhill and Daniel Sorensen, who's not terrible in his own right. He's okay. But those are some names to watch. I actually love Juan Thornhill as a guy that, if he's on waivers, go get him. Go get him right now. Don't wait. Go put your bid in now. Juan Thornhill, in my opinion, is going to be starting by midseason at worst, and he's going to be able to slot in for you on bye weeks this season, and I think he'll be able to start for you in the future. The weird thing about Jordan Lucas is there was times of some pretty nice games for him last year. You know, he had a, I think, a 10 total tackle game. Miami does you know, that. Had a six tackle game. Like, you you look at Lucas and you're like, man, this this guy's got, you know, he, he's all right. He's okay. And then, then what? Then the, nothing. The, you're like, what? Where, where did he go? It's a Dolphins curse. Do- defensive players from Miami, 
don't really transition well to other teams. Offense, completely different story half the time, and hopefully not Tannehill. But I, I have no faith. I, he had some okay games, but I don't think he's the the guy to win that job. I, I'm, I'm going to hang my hat on Thornhill at this point. I think he has enough talent. He's draft capital. He's a second rounder. They're going to give him every opportunity to, to, to get on the field. So give me all the Thornhill. I'll, I'll, uh, as, as much as I did like Lucas at times last year and wanted him to succeed, it's like every time I tried to put him in, it's like, oh, man, he had a monster week, immediately followed up by a disappointment. All right, let him sit for a couple weeks. Oh, here comes another nice week, immediately followed by disappointment. I accept your answer. Chargers, safety spot opposite Derwin James, Adrian Phillips, solid veteran, or the new guy, the rookie Nasir Adderley, another guy that was kind of at the top of my rankings at the defensive back position post-draft. I like Adderley. I'm still going to go with Phillips to start at least half the season, but I do think it's worth watching camp. If Adderley becomes a steal, then could be a great pickup. Well, so the Chargers run three safeties. Adderley will get one of those positions. Um, I, I don't know whether it's above Rayshon Jenkins or, or Phillips. Uh, at the end of the day, like he's got youth on his side and he's got you know athleticism on his side. I, I like Adderley coming out as well, and I, there's nothing in my mind that it, is going to stray me away from thinking that he's going to be the other guy. Now, from a production standpoint, Derwin James is going to just be – He's going to eat up too much of the productivity in that defensive backfield. I know he plays close to the line of scrimmage, uh, gets a lot of tackles, but, I mean, th there's one premier guy, and I, everybody knows it. I don't have to, have to preach it here, of course. But uh, for my number three, maybe first guy off the bench, I would be comfortable with Adderley if, if he uh, secured the, the starting job. If it's Phillips or Jenkins, or Phillips and Jenkins, I'm not comfortable with either one of them. Yeah, I, I it, it's tough. I, this is one of those things I'm literally, this may be the one that I'm watching with the least excitement out of all the ones we've talked about. Like, I like Nasir Adderley, but I don't think he's going to win it out of camp, but I, I am going to watch. I hope that he does. We'll see. Now, I allotted a certain amount of time for this one because it's the Raiders entire defense <laughs> the whole thing the whole damn thing the whole thing i don't want a piece i want the whole thing it's the whole thing arms well, it's all a mess you're the raiders fan you give it to me who's winning jobs there all right obviously they're going to start Farrell, right yes um i think Farrell will be okay i don't think he's going to be great i think he's going to be okay even as a rookie okay um tackles okay. don't matter I, honestly, last year, I really liked Arden Key. I did, I thought too. Arden Key was one of the better natural pass rushers coming out in 2018. I think he wins the opposite job I do opposite Cleveland. I think he wins the opposite job. I, I'm not afraid of Max Crosby. I think Crosby will be a rotational guy, and that's all he's going to be, and that'll probably be all Max Crosby is for the biggest part of his career. Agreed. So, to move on to the linebackers, Marquell Lee is absolute trash, but they don't really have anyone who's going to take, you know, work strong side linebacker unless they're going to move to here Whitehead or Perfect over there. Which would be the right move, in it my would opinion. absolutely be the right move. Uh, they're talking about Brandon Marshall being healthy. If healthy, Brandon Marshall is stupid productive. A hundred tackle linebacker. Brandon Marshall has had a ton of production in his career. 
The downside is we don't know if the Raiders are going to put up a lot of points, right? We don't know, you know, what kind of uh, time this guy's going to see on the field. The Raiders offense looks very, uh, very revamped. You know, other teams could be trying to run the ball, trying to, you know, work the clock on them because they're up a lot, which gives linebackers a lot of opportunity. But if, if that's the case, you know, hey, Brandon Marshall is going to be an absolute animal. Uh, Vontez Burfecht, my personal opinion on him, I'm going to stay away. Uh, biggest reason I'm staying away from Burfecht is he will not last the full season. No. He is. He uses his body as a missile. He plays with absolute, you know, disregard for his own well-being. And you know, as, as great as that is on the highlight reel, there, it comes along with suspensions and injuries. So I think at some point in the season, you'll see to, to hear Whitehead take over uh, for Vontez Burfecht. Even if Whitehead starts off with a strong line, strong side linebacker, he'll move over to the wheel and. You know, then your production is going to be uh, Brandon Marshall to hear Whitehead, and those are the only two uh, linebackers that I'm looking for in Oakland. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually uh, I have very little faith in Burfecht, but I, I still think it was a good signing mm-hmm. because if you do get something out of him, then it, it was well worth it. Here's the thing. He's going to bring some nastiness to that defense, some absolute nastiness, some some aggression that they haven't had in recent history. Agreed. But to hear Whitehead kind of is still my guy there for whatever reason. Linebacker, that's the only one I'm excited about still is to hear Whitehead. And he's even cheaper now because of the acquisitions of the two older veterans, even though Tahir's a veteran in his own right. I feel like Tahir's only like five years into the league. He hasn't been around forever, it feels like. Uh, actually, no, he's eight years in. My yeah, gosh, yeah. He, late bloomer, wasn't he? Yeah, yep. Sure Real late was. bloomer, okay. So that that's the only guy that I, I would count on for bi-week production. I, I think it's going to take a minute for Burfecht to get hurt, Brandon Marshall to be ineffective. Or, so. or hurt as well because yeah. he gets hurt a lot as well. Yeah, to hear Whitehead's not going to get right up in it off the rip like he did this past season in Oakland. But safety spots – I love Carl Joseph, always have, but I, I think the writing's on the wall. I don't think he's going to pan out in Oakland, so it's probably going to be LaMarcus Joyner and Jonathan Abram. Hopefully Carl Joseph, maybe he gets traded. Maybe he goes somewhere, you know, that, that has that's very weak at the position and, and can bring fantasy relevance back to his name. Who knows? I still like him. Sadly, I don't it think was, he's going to It was out. one you just always wanted to work out because his college highlights were ridiculous. He just doesn't have a lot of... Oh, they of, were just brutal. He, he was Vontez Burfecht at the safety position. I was going to say, the dude's a missile. Like, he's just a, a pretty good chunk of speed, and boom, just takes out a wide receiver. It just, what he does hasn't translated well to the NFL. Um, I think they, obviously, they draft Abrams in the first round for a reason. Abrams is going to start. There's no doubt about it. No. I mean, I, I know they held uh, Joseph back for a little bit, but Jonathan Abrams... He's the guy. He is going to play next to Joyner. They bring Joyner in. Why? You don't put a guy as a backup to be a, your a locker room guy. Joyner has won. Yeah, he's never won a Super Bowl, but he's you know playing with the Rams. He's had success. He's played with a team that's went from very very bad to ridiculously good. This is the reason you bring in a Joyner is to try to help turn around that defense. Uh, him and Abram, uh, they're, they're the future of the Raiders' defensive backs. The only one, like I have no faith in Joseph uh, moving forward as far as fantasy production. If you want to put up a production number, uh, I feel like Abram is going to be more productive than Joyner. 
I I agree. I think he's the safety down there. It's going to end with quite a few safeties. The Arizona Cardinals now have a battle. They've had so many safeties in and out of there. Trey Boston, I still don't think, is signed anywhere. Swearinger, DJ Swearinger, the, the ultimate journeyman the last handful of years, or Deonta Thompson in Arizona. Kind of a... It's got to be Thompson, right? You would think, but it's, it's kind of be a... It's got to Thompson, but DJ just doesn't go away, one. man. He's like... He's like herpes or something. He just goes to a team, underperforms, and sticks around. Like I, I don't understand it. Sticks I, around for a season. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But like Houston, then I, I feel like he was on Jacksonville, then Washington, and now he's in Arizona. I listen. At the end of the day, Swearinger's not great. There's a reason he doesn't stick around anywhere. I know uh, Thompson was a late pick, mm-hmm. but guess what? He's an Alabama safety. Oh, here and we I'll go. give me an Alabama safety. Now, here, here I will caveat that on this one. I think Buda Baker is the obviously the premier one to own on that team. Absolutely. And ultimately, I do think that's kind of at a detriment to the overall production of Deontay Thompson. Right. But I do think Thompson ends up being a fine safety, just not this year for fantasy purposes. Gotcha. I'm going to go with the last safeties. I don't want to end it on the safety note. Eric Weddle, <laughs> you're shaking your head already, and Taylor Rapp, po- possible hip issue. One of those two guys are going to start for the Rams. Which which one is it? I, I'm I'm taking Rapp everywhere. I think Weddle is going to literally run out of gas three or four games into the he season. He ran out of gas last year. He did. Although, you remember we kept seeing articles about how well he played? Like maybe as a... Maybe as a locker room presence. Maybe as, I don't. I don't I, know I where they're talking about him being good, because my eyes showed me Eric Weta was not a good safety anymore. Getting burned, bad, bad. You don't have to be fast to burn Eric Weta. Eric, speed was never his game, and he lost a step. Like you know, and he he was a hitter, but like Weta was just he's a shell of himself. I mean, you pick up a guy like Taylor Rapp in the second round for a reason. You want him to start for your team. Yeah, you bring in Weddle because he's going to help mentor your guy through camp. Right. He's going to teach this guy how to take his own damn job. <laughs> Taylor Rapp all the way. I think John Johnson's going to continue to do, continue to do John Johnson things. And, you know, the most un, the most forgettable name in the history of fantasy football is going to be another top ten season. The most forgettable name? John Johnson. It's oh, okay, okay. Just okay. boring. It's like, oh, yeah. So who did your roof? John Johnson. John Johnson. So who's your mechanic? His name's John Johnson. Like John Johnson sounds like, a, you know, not even an accountant name. He's just a boring name. No. But he's a hell of a safety. My kid's shampoo from Johnson & Johnson is more memorable than just John Johnson. Kid's stud though. He's an absolute stud. He is. He's very, very, but very good. Johnson and Taylor Rapp. There's your there's your fantasy production on the uh, the Rams defensive backs. Agreed. Hopefully Taylor Rapp can can get on the field sooner than later. We're gonna end it with this one, and then maybe a little you know talk whatever you have on your mind there, Arms. But Seattle defensive ends wide open again. They signed Ziggy Ansa. They drafted L.J. Collier. They have Cassius Marsh from the Patriots and the Niners. That's pretty much where it ends. Somebody's got to be productive. Who's it going to be? I've I've pounded the table for LJ Collier recently because I think he's the guy by default. 
but he nobody strikes fear in anybody. None of them. Like it's got to be LJ Collier. It, and you, sadly, it is by default. I'm not ecstatic about LJ Collier being my defensive uh, defensive lineman number two in any league. Not even a 16 teamer. But I'm certainly not even close to thrilled with Ziggy Ansah. No, Ziggy's a better football player than he is a fantasy player. He's been that way since he entered the league. Yeah. It's going but to continue. Injuries to be abound. That. Yeah, it's going to continue to be that way. You've still got you know solid linebackers there, so you know you, they got that always has to be accounted for. Freeze up your uh, your ends a little bit, but it's just on the pure upside, the pure unknown. I've got to go Collier. Yeah, I, I've got a good Collier as well, and I, I've picked him up. Off of a few, uh, or off a few waiver wires too. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but I need help at the defensive end position. So you got to watch and, and figure out who it's going to be. LJ Collier is the guy for me. I expect maybe, maybe seven sacks, but that's it. It's not going to be real, uh, real exciting. No. Question for you, Arms. Yo. And it's a quick one. Quick question. Quick response. Okay. John Wick or John McClain? John Wick. Ooh. Used to be John McClane for me, and I still I still love still love John McClane, still love Die Hard movies, but it's John Wick. John, John Wick is such a badass. Um he's I will, the ultimate don't give a you know, he's the ultimate at not giving a damn. We need to talk about one more camp battle. Let's do it. Uh, it's two veterans. And I I'm not hundred percent sure that either one of them are gonna be the premier guy on their team. And we're talking about Mark Barron versus Vince Williams in thought Pittsburgh. About, thought about that one a lot. So Vince, he's been all right. Yes, he's been okay. You know, nobody's Ryan Shazier. You know, I, I say that about a lot of your top flight guys. Ryan Shazier was a special athlete. And you kind of hope to get something similar whenever Vince Williams took over. Obviously, they take Devin Bush this year in the draft. Bush. Which is your theoretical replacement for what Shazier used to do. But there's another inside linebacker spot in Pittsburgh. So are, do you have faith in Barron with his significantly better athleticism? I don't. Or do you like Vince Williams? I like Vince Williams. I think Vince Williams was at his best when he was playing alongside Shazier. Vince Williams, when freed up, can make a lot of okay. plays. I don't think he can carry the load by himself. But if, if Vince Williams can keep that job... Beside Devin Bush, I think Vince Williams resurges. Mark Barron, the same thing could be said for Mark Barron. If Mark Barron starts, he's probably going to put up good numbers beside Devin Bush. But I do like Vince Williams just a little more. Mark Barron, at his best, had an Alec tree next to him. Yes. Okay. So here's my thought. If, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm, I'm looking at my front seven. So you've got Hayward... Javon Hargrave, Stefan Tewitt. Mm-hmm. Just guys that just need accounted for. They're double team guys, right? right. Every, everyone's big, bulky, and strong. Then you've got the, all the speed in the world in, uh, in Bud Dupree. You've got a guy who can obviously get to the quarterback in TJ Watt. Right. I think that you don't take speed off the field at this point. You leave as much speed on the field as you can. And to me, that's going to be Devin Bush and Mark Barrett. I think Barron has a resurgence this year. I'm looking for Barron on every waiver wire I can get. I'm looking for him and trying to downplay what he did last year 
and say, look, like I'll take a flyer on Mark Barrett and try to give up, you know, a later pick. I'm not going to do a first or an early a projected early second. But I'll give up a third for Mark Barron, and I'll give up a, a, a different linebacker for Mark Barron all day, every day. Not going to be a premier guy, but, you know, someone with some upside like a, a Jayon Brown or something like that. Uh, Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Evans. I'll give up Rashawn Evans right now for Mark Barron in every league I'm in. I think Barron is going to have a hell of a resurgence this year. It's going to be a, such a surprise to so many people. It's, it, he will be a fantasy defensive MVP for your, for your team. Whoa. Price. Think about it. What you get for him for what he ends up doing. Whoa. I, I it could be. I, I'm not I'm not gonna say the same thing about Vince Williams. You're not giving up CJ Mosley for him. No. You know what I mean? But you could get someone people are down on Mark Barron right now, and to me, his stock should be skyrocketing. Oh my gosh, he's in such a <laughs> Such a wonderful spot to be successful. We've saw saw uh, two, we've saw multiple inside linebackers for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers be successful before. Barron's just he's a better athlete than uh, Williams. It's my new noise when I'm really not sure about something. Gotcha. Okay. Nope. All right. There you go. IDP. We love talking IDP. I can't wait to get the ooh, fantasy ooh, ooh, season ooh, 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 started. No, 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 no. You're not what? done yet. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. I am. You can keep going. All right. Well, you're just going to completely... Speaking of Mark Barron... Okay. He left the Rams. Now, the Rams have a, a, a sort of a gap inside linebacker. Thought about that, too. So, you put in Clay Matthews. Yeah. What's Clay Matthews do? What's he do? I don't know. It's an experiment that I'm I'm intrigued by. No, he rushes the passer. Yeah, he does. He rushes the passer. But but now they're going to play him inside linebacker. I know. The, the it's guy's interesting. got great football IQ. It's very interesting to me. But why not? Why not move Clay Matthews to the outside spot, right? To uh to re- replace Samson Ibokam or whatever not, his name is. Not what they signed him for. And you put Dakota Allen why. at the other inside linebacker spot. Dakota Allen had he like the guy went in the seventh round, but it's off the field issues that put him into the seventh round. Right. It has nothing to do with his talent. You know, while playing for Texas Tech, he was an absolute stud. He's first team, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this, but he's first team all big twelve. That's not a terrible conference. No. Bad at defense overall, but not a terrible conference. The guy put up a ton of tackles. It's a pass-first conference. I want to say in 34 games, he averaged like nine tackles a game. Dude, Dakota Allen is going to be a pleasant surprise. Put him next to a guy like Corey Littleton. You've got two very solid inside linebackers, and you could see the, the fantasy production for both of them have a huge impact for your team this year. Clay Matthews will eventually either get hurt or be moved to a different spot. I'm just off the boat on the whole thing. Give me Littleton and no one else. Uh, give me Allen. Just give me Allen just for the simple fact that he's going to be next to nothing. He's a taxi squad guy, really. He is, but I think that he long term he's going to be an absolute stud for that team. All right, I'm interested to see what happens with the Clay Matthews thing. I, I'm not expecting much, but game one, I would like to watch that game game one just to see what they do with Clay Matthews. It's, it, why did you re, why did you move him? Because he just isn't that good of a pass rusher. Anymore? I don't know. Like he, it's it, not it's that a he's bad. That invokes curiosity. But if you go back and watch the tape on Clay Matthews, it's not that he doesn't get to the quarterback. 
It's he just gets a flag when he does. Like how many sacks was you know were an actual sack that became a penalty for him the last three or four years. Matthews is a fine uh, pass rusher. I don't like him for fantasy purposes. I really don't like him as a person, to be honest with you. I'm not a big Clay Matthews fan overall. Buckeyes fan, different story for a different day. But I, I think that he's best suited to play a pass rushing role, and that that leaves as you even if he starts at inside linebacker and they move him around. I think Dakota Allen has an opportunity to shine. I will leave you with that thought because I don't share it, but that's okay. That's why we're here. That's why there's two hosts. You well, don't want to hear you're a stupid dummy, all right? No, <sighs> that's you don't want to hear just what Bark thinks or just what Arms thinks. You want to hear us argue or agree. And for some reason, we agree more than we'd like to admit. Hopefully, we can get a, a Neil or a Lambert back in here to give us that third host uh, dose that we need. It's just what being arms need. I don't know if it's what you guys need, but it's what we need. Yep. Selfish. Being selfish. Sometimes I just need to not hear myself talk. <laughs> Sometimes I also need to not hear you talk. And Mark's out. There's, Good night. Hold on a second. There's no more pleasant sound in the world to me than me talking. Uh. But... I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing. Eh, unwarranty confidence. Maybe I'm not playing. Anyhow, you out? I'm out, man. You can find us at The Back Row Show on Twitter. Be sure to check out the Full-Time Fantasy Pod Network. And be sure to follow at Arms Back Row on Twitter, at Bark Row on Twitter. And don't forget to like, or excuse me, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. We could use those. We could definitely get uh, a little further up the rankings with you guys' help, which will in turn be able to make us do more shows. I mean, honestly, we we see the numbers. Our listeners steadily increase, but our ratings, like, we get... Stagnant. Nobody, people aren't liking and people aren't subscribing, but they're listening. It's, it's maddening. So subscribe, give us a review. Five stars. All publicity is good publicity. We love you guys. Good night. We like you. Like us. Good night. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.